Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs all whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. Sometimes meeting someone for the first time reveals an instant connection. My next guest, Jimmy Burrows, and I are part of a business by design next level. So we've got an awful lot in common. Our following conversation is the first time we actually met. And I love these initial conversations, and I'm really, really glad that we went straight to the recording of this week's podcast. Bonnie. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, it's to I, meet you. Um, I feel like, I feel like I know you already. But oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. I'm thinking, oh, I'm just logging, and I was like, oh, um, it's not my link. <laughs> Uh, I think we got um, I think because I ended up when Lucinda reached out I think I said oh let's book a call in using my scheduler because I had one and then she booked it and that automatically attaches my zoom but honestly not a drama happy to jump onto yours because I know you want to record it yeah 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 that was was very funky how did your camera just do that oh god well it's funky but it's quite irritating (laughs) um it's one (laughs) of the new um the new apple screens okay and it has this wide lens thing, wide camera mm-hmm. lens. So every time you move your head, follows, it follows you around, you. which is fine, unless I've got one of the dogs in here and it starts moving about and then the camera starts moving around with it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's like, no, no, track me, not the puppies. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it's mad. It's mad. Oh, it's really nice to meet you. Likewise. Yeah. No, I say I've um I saw you on the BBD sessions. And um, I've been following you on Instagram and I have to say, wow, to your art. Like I have, I I wasn't allowed to do GCSE art because I would bring the school average down. So they put me in like pottery class. Um, (laughs) So I have such respect for anybody who has that artistic creativity. And you seem to have turned it into an incredible business as well, an opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, I kind of sit here sometimes and I think this is crazy. This is totally and utterly mad I mean I I loved I did love art at school and then when I was at school we were doing O levels not mm-hmm. GCSEs were a thing then so it was O levels and um and art I was always like you know guaranteed an O level because because I was taking art but then uh I, and then I wanted to go on and, and I wanted to do art as a as a career and I wanted to do a, um, a degree in it and I did two years at a local college and um, honestly it just turned me off art altogether and at the age of 16 uh, 17 that was it didn't didn't mm. do any more until I was 46. Wow so, so you picked yeah. up a paintbrush th- 30 odd years later yeah yeah pencil yeah yeah wow and and did it just for sort of like mindful reasons and uh, mental health and everything and then all of a sudden it was like oh hang on a second this is you know I'm really enjoying this and then it was like commission business started off as commission business and then um teaching has always been your your um leadership aren't you uh yeah high performance yeah. cultures so yes, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. helping leaders to build high performance culture rather than doing it for them yeah so I did in my in my old my old me leadership and development I did a lot of coaching well I taught overseas so I taught a lot of the big uh telecoms companies they wanted their teams to be coaches so that they could get better performance from their teams basically so that's what I used to do so teaching was kind of something I I love to do I love to impart knowledge so then that transition from me doing my commission work into then teaching people how to draw with colored pencils 
And now it's like amazing. A, you know, some people would say I'm taking over the world. <laughs> but well, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I'm impressed. So, <laughs> so, so cool. It's, it's so lovely. Cool. It's lovely. It's really nice. And and you have had, and this is why I wanted to reach out as well because I, I wanted to speak to people as well who had had. We're we're um, kind of buddies in business by design. The James Wedmore's mm-hmm. uh, business by design, which. That man has. Oh, I'm so inspired by him. It's unbelievable. He's, he's touched a nerve for me. I don't know if he's got you, but he's, 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 he's like it's like he's poking the inside of my soul in in, <laughs> in certain things in an in a purely PG way. But you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like he's, I don't know. Yeah, he's got a, a gift for getting. If you're somebody who's on a, on the journey to building a mm-hmm. you know six seven eight figure business, um, he's got a knack for helping drop that piece of knowledge bomb when you just need it just that little yeah. thing you need <laughs> yeah it's it's uncanny oh gosh oh we'll cover that i'd re- i'd love to know about that i find him amazing i in fact there's a there's a whole i think they all kind they don't they don't all work together but they're all sort of i guess rubbing shoulders with each other um there's um Stu mclaren as well which is who i sort of found when i was starting my business and i think mm-hmm. he James and Stu, I think, have done business together as well. And it's just, I, I just find it incredible listening to these sort of top minds who are really, really at the top of their game. And, and they, you know, you think that you've got it right, don't you? You think, oh, yeah, everything's fine. And then all of a sudden you think, oh, I, hang on a second. Yeah, not, bit, not, <laughs> you know, not doing that bit. <laughs> I missed that I'm, I'm, bit. You know, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's just, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's fantastic. But you've had some big changes. I have indeed, yeah. Um, mentally, personally, professionally, yeah, all of the all the things. I'm a very different person to who I was even five years ago, and certainly you know twenty years ago. But yeah, I feel it's interesting. You know, one of the things I've been wrangling with for the last couple of years is mistakes and errors versus experiences and tools. And I've really reframed that. Oh my god, you know that was a real disaster, or that was a terrible thing to do versus do you know what that was another experience that made me who i am and that's another tool for the toolbox and i now use it in our in in our ways of working program which is the thing you can see down here we talk about lessons learned and it's not about well that was a mistake and you know that's an error it was like well that's an experience we can chalk up and it makes us better Uh, and next time round, we've got the tool in the toolbox to know about dealing with that one so we're we're better than we were before and it's that whole i think there's a there's a Chinese proverb or a somebody proverb, a, a Pinterest proverb that says, um, when you start again, you're not starting from the beginning, you're starting from experience. And I kind of love that. And I think people like James have shown me that and um, many other coaches along the way that I've I've worked with. But I, I like that, you know, you don't, you you have to go through big changes in life to get to where you are now. Yeah, definitely. And that's not something that you used to live by. Now I would live by, I crashed and burned. That was a disaster. Let's try and start over. And now I'm like, well, that was fun. Um, and I've got some experience now. I've got a couple of battle scars to remind me what to do and what not to do next time around. And so I feel much more positive about everything in life um, than I ever felt before. I was very much a you know glass half empty person. Now I work a hard in the abundance mindset and hard in being abundant. Um, not in a happy, clappy, hippy, dippy way, but in a... Um, well, there's always a way through, you know, mm. and I've got, I am living proof that I can get through my worst days. Wow. So what, what was it that made you sort of make that change? Necessity, I think in many ways I've had kind of what I would call three careers. Uh, and each of them has been like a, you know, once a decade, I decided just to completely change what I'm doing because why not? You know, you can. And so I was a military, as an army officer originally in the British army. And as I was getting, as I was moving through the ranks of being an officer, I discovered that I kind of done the fun jobs and I was due for the bad, for the more boring jobs in what I perceived to be more boring away from soldiers and in a headquarters doing paperwork and organizing and planning and things. And I realized pretty quickly that you could earn more on the outside doing that. And there wasn't a risk of being suddenly fired off to a war zone to backfill a, a, a job. So I decided to get out of the military and go and do the corporate thing. And that was a massive change, right? You're going from a, I'd been institutionalized since I was 
um, not in a mental hospital or anything, but institutionalized in a boarding school environment with army cadets and then university and then the military, which is basically like, um, you know, boarding school, but with guns and cooler uniforms. Um, <laughs> and it was a case of now I'm stepping out into the big wide world. I have to go through this massive growing up activity because the army is very structured and very organized. And so I sort of stepped out at the age of 27 and had to learn how to adult and had to learn how to hold down a corporate job and that, you know, not everybody was on the same side as you. And I was also um, transitioning from the UK to New Zealand at that point. So it was a whole kind of cultural shift, learning how to operate in a completely different world. And then when I was 37, um, I stepped out of the corporate world and decided to go traveling again. Um, so I spent two years traveling Latin America and then building this coaching and consulting organization, which again is a massive shift um, away from being a corporate person with a job and a salary and vacation to becoming a self-employed consultant and then running a consulting business and being on the other side of the fence. So you're now the person selling into an organization versus the person on the, you know, the looking at the RFPs. And, and each of those, and obviously then moving from New Zealand to Mexico um, at the same time. So I did two years in Latin America and I've settled down in Mexico, which has been a massive cultural adjustment. Once again, moving from the UK to New Zealand was a cultural adjustment, moving from an English speaking, predominantly sort of Christian Victorian values led culture to a a Latin Spanish speaking culture is, is uh, was huge. So I've had to transition over a couple of years to do that as well. And each of them is, you know, when you're going on these journeys, you could you could believe to yourself that I'm going to crash and burn and this is terrible and it's all going horribly wrong. And believe me, I've had those down days. I've had those moments where I'm like, oh my God, um, what am I doing? Like, it'd be much easier to go back to what I know. But I've always had this kind of underlying belief that I think the military installed that in me that I can get through it. I can I can do this. You know, it's got to take it one day at a time and it will get easier and I'm still here. So as I say, I'm the living proof that yeah. I can get through every one of my worst days. So it's just that self-belief to keep going, however small. It made me think back, actually, you just brought something else into my mind. So I have a tendency just to kind of talk. You brought something else into my mind that when you set yourself a goal, it's like standing on the pavement outside a skyscraper and the goal is the penthouse of the skyscraper. And it's very unlikely that you're going to go from pavement to penthouse in, in one leap. Some people do, but for most of us, we don't. And so all you've got to do is try and climb one floor every day. And there'll be days when you can just manage one step on the staircase. And as long as you keep going up, it, when you look back after a week, a month, a year, you look down all those floors you've covered and you go, well, here I am now versus where I was then. And that in, I think should inspire you and encourage you to keep going. And that's what kind of drives me is like, am I one step further ahead than I was yesterday? Then I've done well. If I've fallen over and fallen down a few steps, well, hey, I need to know what those steps look like next time I get to them and I can keep going and I know I can get through this. I will get there eventually. It's going to keep plugging away. Yeah. So what what took you to uh, New Zealand then? Was it just a case of you just wanted something completely different or is that, that, that is quite a big it's about as far as you can go, isn't it, from England? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the island in the middle of the Pacific. Well, it's interesting. When I was in the military, I had a wonderful opportunity to be posted to the Australian Army um, on an exchange posting. And I was given the opportunity to go and essentially uh, work with their training teams to share some of the lessons that we'd learned in Iraq, doing the things that I did in Iraq. And so I had this opportunity to sort of jaunt around Australia for um, six or seven months. And most of the time I was there, they actually allowed me quite a lot of latitude. And I had the opportunity to go between various different cities and various different bases sharing these skills. And so when I left the military and I bought myself one of these round the world tickets that you end up with when you're in your 20s, the the travel consultant and I sat together and I said, oh, no, I want to go to that that those couple of islands that are just off the coast of Australia. Cause I think when you live in the UK, you think Australia and New Zealand are like kind of England and France. Yeah. Um, you don't realize they're, you know, more like England and Moscow um, <laughs> in terms of distance. So I ended up in New Zealand on the next leg of my world trip. And the intention had basically been to sort of travel for a year and then come back to London and do the corporate thing in a consulting business in, in London. And uh, when I got to New Zealand, I called the the recruiter I was working with, who was one of those, ex-military into business recruiters and unfortunately the job that I had 
uh, lined up for me, which was a sort of transition management consultant job, had disappeared as the GFC started to take off and all the recruitment was being uh, frozen. So he asked me where I was. I said, I'm in Christchurch, as I was at that point, on my tiki tour around New Zealand. Uh, and he said, well, I'll probably stay there if you can get a job because it's not looking good here. Um, and at that point, London was kind of imploding. And so I found myself a job in, in a consulting organization and decided I quite liked the beaches and the weather was pretty good and they spoke English so I could I could cope. Uh, and over the next kind of you know, 12 years, built a life there, did the house and the dog and all those things that you do and uh, and eventually settled down. So it was it was lovely. Amazing. And then and then from there, you went on to uh, another massive move. Yeah, so I'd I'd done. I, I, I guess one of the things, one of the themes that has always been part of my life is is trying to achieve the best I possibly can. And so, when when I set my mind to being in the corporate world, I was like, right, well, I need to be the CEO of a business. That's that's the that's the top, right? It's the it's the thing that we all should aim for. Quite naively, so I guess, and I thought, well, if I'm in charge, then I can make a difference can make the biggest influence on the direction of an organization and the people. And I've always been very people centric. So it's now how can I make the conditions amazing and the profits amazing and the performance amazing? Uh, well, if I'm the one in charge of it, I can control all of that. So I spent the next you know, 10 plus years working my way up through organizations and got myself into a, a GM role, which was a really great job, but unfortunately in quite a dysfunctional organization. Uh, and unfortunately at the same time I was running in it, I was doing an MBA and, uh, renovating houses and doing all sorts of other things. And, and it just ended up with the consequence of me reaching a sort of point of burnout. I was doing too much, pushing too hard over too long a period. And that came with some un- unhealthy habits and an unhealthy mindset. And yeah, just kind of hit the, hit the wall in 2017 and decided to, that I needed some sort of dramatic change in order to, to reach where I wanted to be in life. And I, I pretty quickly realized that actually, even if you're the CEO of an organization, you're not necessarily in charge of the organization because there's boards and there's politics and there's all these other things that are going on. So I've become a little bit disillusioned with, with that path. And so had been looking at the idea of consulting and I had a little side gig consulting or consulting business going on where I was able to kind of almost step into organizations or support leaders to make change within their organizations, but I didn't have to be part of that politics and I didn't have to be part of the, the noise that leaders have to deal with. I was able just to influence and help and support. And so when I left my GM role, when I left the relationship I was in, uh, and and sold everything I had and moved back to live with mum and dad for a couple of months. It was this great space opportunity to think, well, what next? And the what next, as it turned out, was what has become Jimmy Burroughs leadership and and the ways of working program. But the what next initially started off as, well, I could just, I just want to go and spend some time thinking about what caused this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, how did I get myself into this situation? How can I learn from that experiences and tools? Uh, and how can I share that with other people? Yeah. Uh, and so as I was traveling through Latin America, I was fortunate enough to be approached by some organizations to help them with leadership programs and facilitating workshops, which is essentially what I do as I facilitate conversations and facilitate workshops. And um, that turned into a much the same as you, you know, my passion turned into a business. So I, I here I am, you know, based in Mexico. And, and even the Mexico thing was kind of a, a big change, but a an opportunity stumbled into, I was working with a, an organization in California and basing myself between the UK. I'd, I'd traveled Latin America for two years. I moved back to the UK to set up in, in Europe somewhere. I was basing myself in Mallorca and, uh, the organization I was supporting were in California. So there was a big time difference. And they said, well, would you consider moving over this side of the world to be a bit closer in terms of time zone? So you're not working till three in the morning. And so I thought, where am I going to go live? Like I need to get an apartment or something. I'll go and live in Medellin, um, in Colombia. Um, and then I spoke to a few friends and they said, well, you've got friends in, in Los Cabos in Mexico. Why don't you just get a condo there and, and you can always rent it if you don't need it. And so I bought the condo, uh, and then two weeks later the project finished. Um, but I had this condo in Mexico. So I decided to make the best of it and, and, uh, ended up living at the beach, <laughs> which has been glorious. Oh, goodness. 
Gosh, that's, I mean, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, kind of stepping back a little bit when you sort of, the, the burnout happened and it was almost like, right, everything's got to go. And I've, it, was it almost like starting from fresh, having to move back in with your parents is, I, I mean, it's amazing. I, I, it's absolutely amazing that family will do that. Family is a huge, huge part of, I was going through some values. I was doing a coaching session a couple of weeks ago and we were going through my values again to kind of reestablish stuff. And family is my number one value, followed by faith, not not in a a religious sense, but faith that everything will be okay, Mm -hmm. everything will work out. But family is number one. And and it's only when um, when things get really tough. I've had some crappy stuff happen in my life. And family is the one thing that just rallies round for me. I know not everybody is as lucky as that, but it sounds like you have, you know, quite a, a strong family to be able to, you know, know that you can go back and be with them to then go, right, breathing space, let's start again. I think you're so right. Certainly in, in my life, you know, I, I left home at 10 years old and went off to boarding school and I saw, I saw my parents every you know, six or eight weeks. And then I joined the army and I was off gallivanting around the world and then traveling around the world. And then I decided to move to New Zealand, which was about as far away as you can get. But I I realized in my 30s and 40s that my my folks, my parents, were my biggest cheerleaders um, and my almost my rock. And so I always knew they were there, but I didn't necessarily connect with them as well as as I could have done. And, you know. You can talk about, you know, being a, a remiss son or you know, a, a, a person who hasn't taken the biggest opportunity to use the time that's available with their parents. And so one of the things I focused on in the last few years was really reconnecting with my parents. Being closer helps, you know, being seven hours versus 13 hours is, is a significant benefit for connecting and talking more frequently, but making that conscious effort to to tap into that that strength and the love of a parent that the parent has for their child and to know that that's a stable place for me to to check in and be be vulnerable and be hurting and that doesn't matter who I am and what I'm doing they're still going to love me you know and then that's the that was a joyful moment to actually rediscover I think I'd forgotten it but rediscover that like my mum is you know she likes every Facebook post I do she likes everything I do she reads all my blogs and sends me little corrections on WhatsApp <laughs> She's like my number one cheerleader. Uh, and my dad the same, you know, he's quietly super proud um, of everything I do. And realizing that was huge in terms of giving me that strength, faith, I call it abundance, you know, the belief that everything is going to be okay and that I can I can manifest great stuff into my life. But knowing because no matter, the, like if everything goes wrong, my parents still love me and I can still go home. Um, and that was huge yeah. in terms of, letting go of some mental baggage that I picked up in my twenties and thirties that weren't serving me to be able to go home at 37 and go, Hey, I need a, I need my room back that I haven't lived in since I was 10. Um, and for them to go, of course, you know, move in. And it was only for a few weeks, but it was huge. Uh, and that, that was massive. And that kind of set me on this path of, so what do I want to do with my life now? Like I've, I've tried this and it didn't work, but I've learned from it. I've tried this and it really didn't work and I've learned from it. So what's next? Uh, and I think now, finally, because I'm more comfortable with myself, I'm more aware of who I am and I'm more authentic in myself, that this one's working. And it seemed, this is, you know, what's five, six years into doing my own thing. And it's, I've never been happier. I've never been, I've never been more successful. I've never been happier. And I'm having a bigger influence than I ever dreamed possible, which is awesome. Isn't it? it, isn't it? It is really amazing, isn't it? How you can almost live, you know, the, the majority of your life and not necessarily know who you are and what you were put here to do. Yeah, completely. You know, just going off and doing this and that and the other and, oh, I'm, you know, this is who I... And then all of a sudden just sitting there going, this, actually, this is who I am. This is why I was put here. And this is how I can actually make the best out of my life by you know doing doing xyz and it it it's i find it fascinating that you know if i hadn't if i well i don't know how it would have happened but if i hadn't have asked for a, a coloring book 
and pencils for my Christmas present for my daughter, where would I be now? Because I had no inkling to do art at all. I, I was a, I was a, um, you know, a, a business coach. That's what I was doing. You know, I, I wanted to kind of go out and do do more of that. I wanted to do a lot of sort of like business development and art was just not on the radar at all mm-hmm. it was obviously I like to think it was obviously meant to be but you know I could have gone down all sorts of different routes this was the route that I chose I took a massive leap of faith and I'm guessing you've taken huge leaps of faith as well and just going you know what let's no, just, so. just see what happens and for me I think the 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 common denominator or the the sort of like the, the magic in that is the actually starting to understand who we are to be like you said comfortable in your own skin when I went on uh the business by design the the um the live that he did a couple of weeks ago and you know he'd got I didn't I I can't remember putting my hand up and saying yes I'll be on it I might have done but I can't remember (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I don't know but anyway um and then he was like oh you know we, we want you to come and be an expert on building social audiences and I'm like oh brilliant you know great and I then get taken into the back sort of room on zoom and I'm sitting there like this I've got a couple of dogs in the studio with me and there's a there's a a zoom window of the production room and the screens everywhere I don't know whether you I don't know whether the screens everywhere there's a person in the headphones there's somebody and I sat there and I went Oh my God. <laughs> and it was about, yeah, it was about sort of half past 10 in the evening. I'm thinking, oh God, this looks really posh. I'm not, I'm not. And that is when my, my, um, you know, those sort of limiting beliefs come in. And it's like, oh, I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure I should be here, which is bizarre because. Which is imposter know, syndrome, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I yeah, I, I, I'm not a big believer in imposter syndrome. <laughs> I think it's just a human trait, isn't it? I think mm. it's a, I think well, it's a human trait. Well, 86% of people have it and 14% of people lie about not having it. Um, it's human. And, it's it, human. and it, can, it can take any form, right? But it, yeah. Yeah, it could be that I'm, yeah. I shouldn't be here. Yeah, um, yeah. Is, exactly. is imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to, I tend to, I try not to put a label on stuff. Uh, I get this an awful lot with my, um, with my artists when I'm teaching uh, people to draw and everything. I get an awful lot of people saying, oh, I have got imposter, imposter syndrome. You know, I don't, and I try and encourage them not to put a label on what it is that they feel they have. Because once you put a label on yourself, you kind of then become it. So I I try and sort of guide them and say, well, let's let's kind of put um, a, a softer label on that you can actually, you know, be be sort of comfortable with and happy with. But it, but yeah, exactly. That's how I sat there and I looked at this stuff and I thought I I'm I'm not sure I should be here. And then the two guys that came on with me and they were look very professional. Um, and then one of his back his back the, the woman who was doing the production sort of sent me a private message. Bonnie, can you sit up? Can you sit up and just be the same height in the window as the other two guys? And I was like, I said, I'm not sure I can because my chair doesn't go up anymore. And this, you know, anyway, so that was that. And then um, and then one of the guys had a presentation. And I'm saying, Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, he's got a presentation. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and there's me having done no nothing. I got some figures written down because I know James likes likes figures. I'm figures terrify me. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just going to just be me. And I'm just gonna say, look, you know, my limiting belief was that I didn't think that my face fitted social media, but actually I've grown my social media, I've grown my business just by being me. Being authentic. Exactly. And going back to that, I think that's when the success starts to come, when you are just, you know what, I'm me and I'm really happy with me. And if you don't like me, that's fine. That's somebody else. Exactly that. You know, um, but and I think that is when we start to really be able to do our best work. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so in alignment with that. And with your permission, I'll share my thinking in that space because it's mm, something yeah, I've absolutely. been working on. So, yeah. so you, you know, you know, I talk about being the corporate guy, and and you were the you were the corporate girl. And now I I would go to work every day dressed in a suit. That was my suit of armor. It was my body armor. That you know, if I use the military analogy, and I had my corporate face that I put on. I was like the hard hitting GM, high driver ethic, high delivery ethic. You know, hard ass, and. I, I believe, I genuinely believe 
that we all have, and depending on how woo you want to get, we'll get the word more woo going on, um, how we want to be. Now, I believe we have a magic or a light, or let's just call it an energy inside us. And we all know that the universe is just made up of energy. And when you put this body armor on, when you put your corporate mask on, and so many people go to work doing this, right? They put their makeup on because they have to look a certain way, or they they put their face on because they have to act a certain way, or they put their armor on because they have to be protected from a certain thing. And all that does is it just stifles that energy from flowing freely. It's like putting a block or a dam in energy. And energy needs to flow really freely to be able to be effective. And so for you to show your magic or your light, or for you to show your best energy, which we call authenticity in the corporate world, um, well, you call it authenticity in, in the human world as well. If you're if you're damming that energy from flowing freely, you're limiting your own potential. And so you can't you can't receive energy if you're not letting energy flow out naturally. So you can't get the benefit of the wealth, the success, the happiness, the abundance, the the joy, because you're not making space for it, because you're blocking it with all these things that you're putting on yourself to get to dam it up. And and I, I think about it in terms of like in terms of light. You know, if you had a light bulb inside you and you put the suit of armor on and you put a face on, where does the light go? It can't get out. So you can't absorb sunlight because you're also blocking yourself. And energy is the same. So that to hear that you were, you know, that journey, that transition you had to feeling like an imposter. But when you was like, well, bugger it, I'm just here to be me. And I've been invited because I'm me. I, I love that because the reason that I reached out to you was because I saw you on that and I was like, I love this lady. Like she's super authentic. She's super down to earth. And you said, you know, I've got my funny little hat and I teach people to draw. So I looked you up on Instagram and I was like, this lady's so cool. Like, this is great. <laughs> she has got a funny little hat. <laughs> oh, gosh, I remember you know, saying I, it. And I was like, I funny little hat. That. I need to find this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's well, it's because I've got my lights behind me, you see, and the lights shine in my eyes. And then if I don't have a visor on, I can't see all of the values on my thing. And people are like, we'll put the lights behind you. And I'm like, well, yeah, but then the dog's knock them over and it'll get shadow. So, you know, anyway, it works. I really love what you've just uh sort of um explained, you know, about the light and the energy. I've never seen it or I've never heard it like that before obviously I'm I'm very much uh what you put out you get back mm-hmm. very much about that energy you know vibration all of that kind of thing but I really really resonate with what you've said about almost like putting a it's almost like putting a shield around yourself isn't it it is it's a suit you know? of armor it's like a medieval yeah. metal yeah. suit of armor that most people wear yeah all the time and they're just stifling their capability mm. and when we talk to leaders, you know, we, we, I do the Ways of Working program is about building high performing culture. And if you go to most organizations and you say, what's a high performing culture? They're like achieving KPIs, making profit, shareholder returns, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, actually, no, a high performing culture is about teams that, are, that trust each other, that are connected. There's an energetic flow. They connect and they and they feel safe around each other. Mm-hmm. And they've got some sort of clarity and vision of where they're going. And as long as you produce those three things, you create the, the outcome is profits and, and shareholder returns and, and a, you know, ROI. But high-performing cultures are built with people. So what we need to do is unshackle the people from these big suits of armor they're all wearing. And, and most people protect themselves in the workplace because they're worried about what people think of them. So cool. let's let's just connect at a human level first, and then we'll talk about the, t- the tough stuff. But yeah. when you do that, you, you all you're doing is just opening up an energetic flow. And you, you don't, I don't share it like that when I'm in an organization, when I'm in a, you know, a left-brained, mm. rational thinking organization, we talk about performance and potential and, uh, you know, the, 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 the stronger words, but that's all we're basically doing. And well, Hey, let's just get you trusting each other and feeling safe with each other and connecting to each other as humans and all the magic will come as a result. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's wonderful. And it's, and it's funny. I, I wonder how many of those people would actually be more successful and feel more themselves if I know when I worked I remember when I worked in in corporate and we had to well they they stopped with the women have to wear skirts I can't remember when they stopped with that but you had to wear a a jacket you had to wear men had to wear a tie you know everybody had to wear suits and everything you had to look like really really presentable and I mean to be honest we were all on like a, a massive great big floor I mean there were about four or five floors and you'd literally it's the size of a football field you know all of these people 
And, you know, yeah, it's corporate, isn't it? You all dress in a certain way and you're all every day. I have my makeup on, I, you know, spent hours doing makeup, hair, all of that kind of thing. And now <laughs> I just kind of roll out of bed, <laughs> get the dogs up. And it, and it's just, I I feel so much more myself without, you know, making this sort of effort to make me somebody I'm not. Yeah. And yeah, the I other agree. thing as well is that for, for my for me, from my point of view, I mean people think of artists as being a bit quirky and whatever. And you could, I mean, I could walk around and whatever, and anybody would sort of go, well, she's an artist. But you know, I, I want people to be able to think, oh, I can do that. Like I really resonate with that. I love what she's doing. I could really do that. And I look at an awful lot of, well, anybody on Instagram. Not necessarily on TikTok, because I think TikTok has become far more real and, and raw and everything, because that's sort of what, you know, but on, but on Instagram, you get an awful lot of people who are, you know, you'll get artists painting from the back and they'll <laughs> they'll hardly be wearing anything or, you know, they'll be wearing some. And you think and and I have to be very careful not to go, oh, you know, look at them flaunting their bodies off. Well, actually, there's nothing wrong with that. Because that's them, it's, and that's what they want to do. Their style, and, and, that they and want to they've connect. got they've got a lovely slim body, and you know I haven't, and I wouldn't ever do that, but I would do something different. But I also see a lot of people who I go, oh my goodness, that how wonderful is that? I could never do that because I don't look like them, and so many people are like that, you know. Oh yes, but I could never do what you do because look at what you do, you know. Mm. And that's that's one of the reasons again why I, I guess I've built up you know, a, a good following. I mean, other people have got far more than I have, but I've built up a good following. I've got a good membership. I've got sort of two and a half thousand in my membership, which is amazing. In fact, I've got 3000 across wow, two amazing. Both of my memberships, which is brilliant. And I honestly believe that is because when people see me and they see my drawing, they go, Oh, I, I'm like that. I, I mm. could be like that. That's that's me. I've got, you know, I'm a single mum or, you know, I'm a bit chubby or I don't wear makeup. And she looks a little bit like me having a bit of a laugh. Actually, I think I could do this. And that, I think, is what I want to stand for is that, you know, not a, <laughs> not a scruffy middle aged woman, but somebody who can just be normal. You know, and people look at me and go, yeah. I can absolutely mm. connect with her, and, and, and if I think it's, it's it, showing the way, isn't it? It's, yeah. If, like, uh, what I, what I heard you saying, and what I what I was sparking in my mind while you were talking was: there's a lot of people who wish they could be more authentic, who wish they could be an artist, who wish they could be a consultant who travels the world and lives by the beach in Mexico, and they wish they could do those things but they're shackled by needing to protect themselves against the scary things in the world and they don't know how to get there. Mm. And what I think you have done beautifully is you say, well, let's move from wish to being, and this is how you can do it because I'm showing you how you can do it. And you can let go of the corporate rat race and the trappings of business suits and the armor that you put on. And when you be you, you will be the person you wish you could be. Yeah. And, and we kind of do the same thing with leaders. We, we say the same thing. We're saying, so you wish you could have a high-performing team. Well, let's let's just show you a few conversations you can have with your team to be a high-performing team, to be a high-performing culture. And it's not about, and it's just letting go of some of the things that are blocking you, that you're using as safety barriers or armor, but you, that you don't need. So let's show you a way that you don't need them. So you let go of them. So the magic happens. And and you've done the same thing. Let's show you that you want to be an artist. Cool. Let's show you how to be an artist. Mm. Um, I, I think it's wonderful. It is. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, I want to talk about your surfing as well. My surfing. <laughs> no, you're surfing. Well, you're, you know, with your um, you know, with the with where you spend time at the beach and all of that kind of stuff. Um, do you do you is that something that you do an awful lot of, or do you find that you are? So I I work from home and I. And I love what I do. I could literally sit in front of my laptop all day working. I still love it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I have to make myself go and do other stuff. Because I really do love running a business and I love doing my drawing and everything. What are you like in that sort of like work-life balance? Because because mine is sort of like a mine's a, a life balance because I see my work as being, you know, part of, part that. of your life. 
but yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and I absolutely love it. But I know that there are, I need to kind of just let go of it mm. and go and do something else. Do you find that a struggle, or are you? I mean, I'm guessing you live in a really wonderful part of the world anyway. <laughs> that it must be much easier for you. <laughs> Which, do you know what it's? You know, there's the there's the there's the PC answer, and then there's the real answer, right? So the real answer is I probably work too hard but it's because I genuinely love what I do. Like I genuinely love running workshops for teams and seeing there's a, I, I don't call myself a facilitator. I call myself an electrician. Uh, I, I crawl around inside your brain, running new wires and turning light bulbs on. And when you can see the light magic happens. And so, and I love doing it. Like it's so great. It's so energizing to be in a room of people virtually or um, my actual preference is to be in a room with people connecting at a human level with people in, like feeling the energy move around that it's not work it's it's literally fun but i am also very conscious that i am an introvert and so it's training to do it for you know nine hours of facilitation is is tiring and so i have to have a mechanism for pulling back and one of the things when we were doing our our burnout research which we talk about in the book um that's uh, we'll talk about that later anyway um is is that you need downtime to recharge to, and it's like, if you're giving all your energy and introverts give all their energy away, it's like having five gold coins in the morning and every person you meet, you give them a gold coin and you've got no gold coins at the end of the day till you recharge. Mm-hmm. Um, and extroverts go around collecting gold coins from people um, and then they lose them overnight. Uh, so I know that by the end of the day, I am tired. And so I have to have those opportunities. So I've, I've discovered two things that or th- three things that really work for me and they're all, based on the principles of downtime. So we know that downtime should be using the opposite hemisphere of your brain to the one you use in your workplace. It should be ideally creative, not consumptive. So creative is making or create or building or kind of improving something, whereas consumptive would be drinking TV, one of those things. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love to watch good Netflix series. But the the things I love to do, um, I love to run. So I I run three, four times a week, um, which is where I kind of set myself up for the day. But that's my like pre-energizing. And then my my downtime things are cooking because cooking is creative. I love to just throw things in a pan and mix them up and see what happens. And I learned to cook with Ainsley Harriet on Ready Steady Cook back in the 90s. That was how I learned to cook. <laughs> so, it's like, hey, bring a bag of shopping and see what you can make. And that was my Brilliant. kind of my birth to cooking. So I love to cook still and I love to entertain and I love to have people over, but it's not because I want the conversations, it's because I like putting some cool things on the table. And then my final, my 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 beach activity is is actually scuba diving. Yeah. So I'm a I've been a scuba diving instructor for um, about five years. I don't teach, but I love to be in the water. And one of the things I realized very early in scuba diving is it's not about the diving. Like it's cool to go and see fish and sharks and turtles. Don't get me wrong. It's a, the most amazing gift that anybody can have. And I, I hope that there are fish and turtles and sharks to see for the rest of our lives. But it's about the breath work and the peace and being isolated. So some people get really claustrophobic when they're diving because you're isolated underwater you can only communicate by hand signals and you've got to control your buoyancy by breathing steadily and slowly. And if you breathe too quick, you use your air up, you have to, the dive is finished. So the joy in diving for me is the solitude and the peace, but it's also that opportunity just to slow down and observe the world. And you'd be amazed. I mean, I could talk about scuba diving for hours, but um, you'd be amazed in scuba diving, how many people go in the water and they swim around as fast as they can trying to find fish. And Actually, one of the things I discovered when I was becoming a more experienced diver is if you just drop into the ocean and you sit in front of a a wall or a reef or a a piece of sand and you just sit there for a couple of minutes, the world starts to come to you and magical things start to happen because the little fish that were hiding start to poke their heads out and the little worms that were withdrawn all start to come up and start wiggling again. And the ray that was hiding in the sand, desperately holding its breath so you didn't see it, starts to move. And and I think that's actually a great metaphor for for being a leader, for being a human being, is that sometimes we we're fighting to attack the world and get through it. Mm. And when in reality, if we just stopped and waited and let things happen around us, better things happen than we could possibly force. And it's again, it's going back to that energetic flow, right? You just let let the universe happen around you and better things happen. Yeah. Oh wow, that I love that. I and I'm I'm a big visualizer, so I can see you sitting on the bottom. <laughs> 
the thing that would I mean, you know, I have films running through my head when 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 people talk to me. That sounds wonderful, absolutely wonderful. It's it's um, a gift. And I was yeah. I was lucky enough to learn when I was a kid. So I learned when I was about 10 years old in Malta. And then I really got into it in the last six years. Um, went through kind of all of the the qualifications you can do. And it is my great hope this year to to dive to 100 meters so the normal kind of recreational depth of diving is about 30 30 32 meters and i'd love to go down to 100 meters a for the challenge but b because then you're going somewhere that other people don't go and you get to see the world in a different way to what most people see so i have a a really good friend called josiah Mackin who works out of a um a school in utila in honduras who is a I look up to him and we kind of look up to each other, but we're both kind of looking up to each other in our own fields, but he's a gifted diving diving instructor. And so hopefully I'm going to get there this year and spend some time with him and get myself down to a hundred meters. And again, it's just to be able to sit in the bottom of the ocean and go, well, what's down here to see that I haven't seen before. Amazing. Oh, that sounds fantastic. You see, I get that. I get that from my drawing. Um, if I don't, and, and I'm also an introvert, I don't think they call me an extroverted introvert. I'm I'm really um I don't know whether you were on the um are you in the next level, the James Wedmore? Yeah. Were you on the onboarding call? Yes. <laughs> when he was like, right, we're gonna put you in the rooms and you're gonna talk to somebody as if you'd never you to pretend you've know, known them for ages, yeah. You've known them for ages. <laughs> and I was put in this both these rooms, got in there. There's these two people looking terrified. And I just was like, hello. Wow, oh God. <laughs> exactly like, oh. the and they were just like, <laughs> who is this crazy woman? But you know, I'm I I am I love being on my own. I just mm-hmm. I just I you know, I love it. I've got my three children who who live here there. My youngest is 18, they all still live at home. And I, you know, as long as I've got my dogs around me, I love having my dogs around me. They're with, they're not with me. They're with my youngest son at the minute because they they get quite noisy. But um, for me, my time is either my drawing, or I've refound my love of swimming. Oh wow! Okay. So, so I've I joined a again, you know, this massive limiting belief. I shouldn't be a member of that. I joined a spa, beautiful spa, quite a little spa, country spa, about 25 minutes from where I am. And I'm, I try to go swimming, you know, during the week. And they have a, an outdoor uh, natural pool that's fed wow. by, a, by a pond. <laughs> it's a bit slimy around the edges, but that's where I like to go because it is, there's no, honestly, because there's no uh, chlorine or anything like that in it, it's, you know, and, and it's cold and it's lovely. Mm-hmm. And you just get in and you is literally your whole body just goes numb <laughs> and you can't anything that you're worrying about. Just you can't even you don't have the capacity focus on to that. be able to worry about it. But I'm not a worrier anyway. Mm. And, it, and, I, and it's something that I I kind of ponder at times because anxiety is a horrible feeling to have. And I have had anxiety before and, and I, you know, I've had panic attacks and everything. And, it, and it's a really debilitating feeling. It's horrible and there was one point where I just it was almost like I said to my body I don't want to feel like this Mm -hmm. so I'm not actually going to worry about what's going to happen in the future I can make goals I can make plans but if there's something that I can't actually do anything about then I'm just going to take a deep breath and I'm going to put it to one side and I'm not going to worry about it and that has kind of been my strategy for being able to um to kind of deal with anything that that sort of comes up if i can't do anything about it i won't and and that that has been quite a lot of hard work internal it work, is self-work isn't I've it? Done. yeah mm. yeah and i'm guessing you know did have you been through because obviously you, the coaching and everything have you been through a lot of sort of internal stuff as well a lot of coaching stuff oh, to find where heaps. you yeah yeah uh oh my god um in fact, I'll share a, I'll share a conversation that I had earlier um, this week with with a, a client who he's an artist. He's freaking out about the AI world right now, um, and you know, oh, my career is over. And <laughs> uh, and we we do this activity, we do this exercise, which is is three points in time. So we're in. If you imagine a straight line with three circles on it, you've got the past, the present, and the future, and we're in the present, right? So if we're worrying about all the things that have happened, we call that rumination, like the cow chewing the cud. We keep going over and over and over and over it, and it doesn't serve us. It just consumes energy. 
and mental fortitude. Uh, and that's taking us away from being present and creating the most enjoyable existence we've got right now. Cause we're worrying about all the things that happened. And we get back to the start of our conversation, it's experiences and tools, right? So use that. It happened. Cool. It's done experiences and tools. How can that help me live better life now? So let's be present. And then we start worrying about the future, right? Because we, we worry about everything all the time. So then we start worrying about the future. And so in his mind, he's got this narrative of what the future might look like. And I said to him, and he's a he's a um a sci-fi fan and a and a and a movie fan. So I said to him, imagine that what you're seeing is one possible universe in the multiverse, one future that you have predicted this is what's going to happen. And you're super anxious about this, what's going to happen. But there's a bazillion other universes with options that you also don't know what's going to happen. So you're expending all this mental energy worrying about this disruption of my career when actually who knows that legislation isn't going to be passed that ai will be outlawed or who knows that um people might want hand-drawn stuff or human created stuff which is like the rolls royce version compared to the ai toyota version of art so there's this isn't going to disrupt it's just going to change but you're spending all this mental energy in anxiety about a possible future that may or may not happen so the secret to both of those is just being present you're going, well, those things could happen, but what I've got to do right now is enjoy today and be the person I want to be today so tomorrow is better. Mm-hmm. And if I keep being the best version of me today by being present, by being here, by being aware, by being authentic, by letting the energy flow more freely, then the future I want will naturally emerge. And because I know that I am living proof of my worst days, that I can survive anything, that even if I get there and the future that maybe I'd predicted happens, I'm all, I'm still going to be happy. And I'm only one day away from that happening. And so I've lived and enjoyed all of those days up until that point, <laughs> as opposed to worrying through all those days. And I learned all of these lessons while I was on the road. Yeah. And I learned a lot of them underwater. Because much like swimming, you're too cold to think about anything else. <laughs> With diving, the only thing you really focus on is your buoyancy mm. and breathing. And so all of the other noise in the world, all those things I wish I'd done, well, I've got to think about staying level in the water, all those things that I'm worrying about happening. Well, right now I've got to pay attention to my air Mm. and I'm waiting for some fish or some sharks or some turtles or some cool things to happen, but I'm just going to be here right now. And if you can be here right now, and this is, you know, we, we talk, we do it in, um, in our, in our facilitated workshops, we're just saying, just feel the pressure of the seat on your bum, (laughs) underneath like underneath your bum just feel that that's being present what does that feel like what type of feeling is that can you feel the blood pumping through your legs can you feel your heartbeat in your body and when you start to feel now then all those other things just kind of dispelled and all of that stuff i've got to through lots and lots and lots of self-work and listening to podcasts and reading and programs but essentially it's just going well stop worrying about stop ruminating stop being anxious just be present live for now Exactly. Exactly. You know, and that, and and it is, and it's not a switch you can just switch off. I I completely understand that. You know, there's so many people who are anxious and who do worry and everything. And just, I understand just by saying, well, just stop worrying. <laughs> it's not overly mm. helpful. It doesn't. Um, fit. It's a muscle, right? You've got to build yeah, that muscle of just, stopping worrying. Going, hey, I'm I'm anxious right now, and I'm anxious about this, but I'm going to pay attention to now. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. And it's and it just it makes for such a a lovely life. Yes. And we all slip, right? We all start to worry about, am I going to get the next piece of work or is that going to go right? And oh my God, what if I get sick in my future? Or we all have these catastrophizing thoughts, but it's going, hey, but they're one of millions of possible futures. And and that's it, isn't it? You know, because it is very easy for me to say, oh, we just had, you know, a really successful launch, which has been fantastic, helping all of these new people. And then it's very, very easy just to go, well, it's not going to happen again. Yeah. You know, because, well, you know, I've got I've got all of the people. And then you think, how can I possibly have got all of the people who want to learn to do this? Because there are billions of people out there, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just you, you go through. I've been going through the um, the the uh, the post launch debrief God, it blows my mind. Honestly, I just figures whenever I see a, a figure, <laughs> I just 
my mind just goes all weird. Um, yeah, we've been going through that today and I've been listening to, I hadn't come across it before. He's got a video where he goes through the whole of the debrief with um, with this lovely lady, she's called Stella or something. And then there's another in-depth deep dive thing. And that has been fantastic for me because he's gone through everything step by step. And I've like, right, okay, I think I understand this now. I think I understand that. I still don't know what my earnings per lead is. I have no, I'm going to have to put it in the Facebook group. I'm going to have to go, uh, do you know what? I'm putting my hands up. I don't, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and I think with, with James's stuff, there's when there's always something that you need when you need it. Um, yes. And even if you listen to the same, same podcast 10 times, mm. you'll hear something different each time. And I think that's the mark of, of where I say he, he always seems to serve up something when I need it. And yeah. I literally woke up this morning and I had a, a conversation with, with one of his team a couple of days ago, cause I was feeling like, Oh my God, I'm a bit overwhelmed. I'm doing too much. And I literally woke up to an email this morning saying less is more, you know, and here's the things I used to be doing. And here's the things I now focus on. And this is how it's growing my business. I'm like, Oh my God, okay. That, is this like psychic waiting to happen? <laughs> also, I don't know what's going on, but there's, there's always that support when you need it. Right. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I could I could chat to you for all night. <laughs> Just you know, so <laughs> so interesting. You. And it, you know what's what's lovely is that we we haven't met, we haven't spoken before. You know, I reached out and I said, you know, I'd, I'd love to speak to somebody who's had big life changes, and everything. And and I I do genuinely feel a real connection. And you know, I the the rapport and everything. And I and it's been really really nice speaking to you. Um, I didn't even realize we'd started to be honest. I thought we were doing kind of the preamble and I was like, Oh, no. well, you know, just chat away. <laughs> no, this, is, this is it. <laughs> I don't do when you get to know me, you, I don't do preparation. I that do organic. Preparation. I think the organicness of it though is, is, is wonderful. Mm. Um, and it has, I don't know if I've mentioned to you, I'm, I'm hoping to do my own podcast um, in Q2. Um, once the book is done, then yes. the, the next focus is podcast. So we're in the midst of recording all those episodes at the moment. Oh, brilliant! For a, Just for a before we launch. go, before we go, tell yeah. me about the tell me about this book. So the book is, um, it's just a short book. It's about a hundred pages long. Um, called Beat Burnout: How to Build a High Performance Culture. And what we did was, over the course of a couple of years, we worked with about thirty organisations globally, um, and we did essentially a research project with all of those leaders and all of those teams. And we identified five factors that tend to be the, the trigger of burnout. So if you, you know, if you've got these, if you've got these things, you don't burn out. If you haven't got these things, you burn out. And so what we did was read a book around that research using some case studies from personal experiences and from the, the client experiences where we talked about each of those different contexts, each of those different factors. And then we gave, some practical things that you can do that are going to shift the dial in the positive direction. So, you know, how to have this conversation or do this thing. Um, very, very practical. And the whole, the whole premise of our entire business is people go, Oh my God, that's super obvious. I can do that. And you go, cool. So go do it. So we try and make everything very, very practical and down to earth. So the book is essentially a, a synopsis of two years work around the concept of high performance teams. But from, if we imagine performance as like an elastic band, most businesses are pulling as I mentioned towards profit and all those things. We're saying, well, let's detention the negative stuff so we can move the band further across without without breaking it. And so that's what the book is about. It's going to be just a practical guide that we'll we'll pop it on Amazon. We'll be putting it onto a an opt-in page that people can that people can download it and read it. And we'll be sharing it with as many people as possible just to give them an introduction essentially into the the wow community and how we do what we do. So there, I'm really excited. We're in third round of edit at the moment, and oh, it's a lot of work, but I'm yeah. I'm so excited to get it out. My biggest thing is I needed to stop updating it with the new stuff because I'm constantly creating. So it's like, okay, line in the sand. That's what we wrote, yeah, and, that's and the now next I needed book. to get that up. That's exactly, that's the second book and the third <laughs> book. And I've written so many yeah. books and not finished finished them. So this is the first one we're going to mm. definitely get out. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm just in the process of putting my proposal together for my, I've got um, three chapters written. I'm working with a brilliant coach on, it's something that I've wanted to do for a while and then never got around to. And now I'm kind of doing that and then trying to do other stuff. And I'm finding I'm, I am being pulled from pillar to post. So something's going to have to give, but the 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 proposal is ready <laughs> to go to agents so that's the next step is finding an agent and then going to 
agent to go and find a publisher. So whether it's this year or next year or whatever, I don't know. But um, but it is exciting doing something like that. And, you know, seeing your words start to come together, you know, you sit there and think, oh, you know, I can't write a book. And then suddenly somebody shows you a process of how to do it, mm-hmm. you know. And then it's like it's oh. the same as you becoming an artist, right? It's like here's the yeah. process of how here's to become an artist. Yeah, um, yeah, Steady I love in. it. And I'd never thought of myself as a writer. I don't consider myself a writer. Mm. I consider myself a speaker. Yeah, and I paint pictures in people's minds with the words I use. But it turns out that I've got a few things to say, and so I've popped them down in in words. And I've, luckily, I've got some amazing editors sitting behind me who are picking up all my grammar mistakes and I don't apparently I'm a very indiscriminate use of the comma and then <laughs> and uh and and have long sentences so that I think that is a thing that we used to do because I'm exactly the same she's like mm. this this sentence here is actually three sentences full stop full stop and I'm like but that's how you used to write that's how we were yep. taught to write you wrote a descriptive paragraph and it was you know and you had commas mm. and and you didn't now it's short yeah, yeah. Short it needs to be, I think it's that bite-sized, yeah. almost the, so almost when you do the Instagram posts and the LinkedIn posts, that's like a line space, yeah. line space. Um, yeah. So I'm lucky that I have a really good team supporting mm. me to get that done, but it's um, I'm very excited about getting it out there and I'm very excited to be able to send it to a leader who perhaps isn't aware of our community and aware of the things that we're doing and the changes we're making in organizations yeah. and saying, well, Hey, look, this will take you a night to read. Um, and it's not designed to be read from end to end. It's designed to be kind of dip in to get the thing you need when you need it. Mm. But you could get through this in a night or two two nights and it'll give you a bit of an insight into how we think without me selling at you because I don't want to sell. No, I loved James's analogy of the energy party. Um, I'm like, hey, we do some cool things with amazing people and we help you have some conversations that probably need to happen in your team. If you're interested in that, let's have a conversation. You know, if you want to make a difference, if you want life to be more fun and more enjoyable and your team to do cooler things, let's have a conversation. But to do that, you need to know a little bit about the way we think and how we, how we speak and how we talk. So this, the book is designed to get people there in a nice way. And the podcast will be the same thing. It'll be organic conversations with people who I think are fascinating, who've done some cool things in business Mm -hmm. that leaders might be interested in hearing about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the podcast thing, again, that was never really sort of, uh, it's coming up to, it'll be a year that I've been running this in March. And it has been, it's been brilliant. And I've had one mm-hmm. a week. Um, <laughs> so now I've managed to do it. But it's, it's a really nice thing to have. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's about connection again, right? It's about yeah. just connecting people with ideas, mm-hmm. turning light bulbs on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny because I don't listen to any radio. I used to be an avid Radio 2 and Radio 4 listener. I don't listen to any radio at all now. I purely listen to podcasts. Really? Uh, How fascinating. Mm. Yeah, I should try that. I do. I listen to a few when I'm running or when I'm walking, mm. um, but I'm I'm definitely getting more and more into it. And I thought, well, bugger it. I've got a. I was once told by a, a, a manager years ago I should be a radio presenter, and I poo-pooed the idea because I was a corporate CEO want to be, and now I'm about to be basically a radio presenter. So <laughs> <laughs> she was a fortune teller. I didn't realise. Oh, brilliant! Oh, it's amazing. Do you know? Yeah, it's been so so nice talking to you, and it's really nice to actually put a um, a face to the name as well. You know, we're both doing the um, the next level with with James, which is. I'm I'm really excited about it. I booked onto my first coaching call tomorrow, which I'm excited about. Got my question Amazing. ready. And are you going to Phoenix? No. Okay. No. So if you want, I'll um, give you a big hug when you get there because we're both yeah. introverts in a room of people. It'd be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a bit tricky. Um, it's a bit tricky at the moment because of family. I've got dogs. I'm, um, my mum's not very well at the minute, and it's all a little bit, you know, sort of up in the air. Oh, I'm sorry so, to hear that. Uh, yeah. No, she's she's doing well. She's recovering, um, really well. So uh, t- looking after my dad, I took him swimming yesterday. Yeah. I said to him because he doesn't he's not very mobile and I said to him I said just just come in your bath in your bathrobe and your trunks and we'll just go and we can just walk in you, you know and then you because getting dressed and all of that well he didn't come in his bathrobe he came in my mum's Udi which is here to floor bright blue <laughs> love it with with white fur and I was like come on man 
<laughs> you so do brilliant. you, Dad. That's fine. He's brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, he's abs- he's absolutely brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's all you know, all kind of a, a little bit up in the air at the minute with with sort of you know helping out, looking after them and stuff. But um, but no, that. it's um, the live stuff. I'm I'm hoping to be um, you know in in the in the the virtual stuff. Amazing. So yeah, yeah. But um, thank you for thank you for the invitation and for an unexpected opportunity and didn't go anywhere I thought we were going to go and it's been super enjoyable just to kind of just be (laughs) be Jimmy for a bit. (laughs) Well, that's but that's the thing you see with with me. I just like to I quite like to talk to somebody who we don't necessarily or we haven't necessarily chatted to before because I think you get to hear really quite interesting things um you know I've done this before where I've had a, a conversation with someone beforehand and then we've done the and we've missed out all of the interesting stuff that we talked about in the mm. first one um so yeah sorry for taking you off guard <laughs> not at all no I was, I was expecting you to say okay we're going to start now and right. we've finished so that, that's awesome <laughs> and you know, there's, I'll, I'll leave you with the you just sparked it we spark off each other quite well I like that that's <laughs> something that I learned years ago sitting in a uh, room with New Zealand government politicians and I sat next to the governor general of New Zealand and he said, um, you know, it doesn't matter who you're at dinner with, you've your job is to find something interesting about them because everybody has something interesting to share. Mm. And it stuck with me. So it doesn't matter who's on your podcast or who's on your room with you or who you're talking to, they've always got a fascinating story to share. And so I, I'm genuinely grateful for this opportunity just to talk a little bit about my story. So I really appreciate it. Oh no, it's been really, really lovely to chat to you and and hopefully we'll do it again. We'd so, love to. We'd love yeah. to. Brilliant. Thanks, Jimmy. Have a lovely rest of your evening. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great day. Take care. (laughs) See you later. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.